This, this is the Our Auto Expert Podcast. Find us on air, online, on mobile, and on your smart speaker. Please subscribe at ourautoexpert.com. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Now, here's the host of Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Nick Miles. Locally created, nationally celebrated from the northwest to the southeast, this is the world's top car radio show. If it has a throttle, we'll feature it on air, online, on smartphone, or on smart speaker. This is our Auto Expert, where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. I'm your host, Nick Miles, along with Automatic Andy and Truck Girl Jen. How how come you don't ever applaud, Jen? Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> I like, it just, it makes me, it makes me happier. It does? I yeah, because when you clap, it sounds like a lot more is going going on. Yeah, because there's nothing going on on this show <laughs> uh, at all. Uh, no, the only things that go on is what Jet Jen puts into the uh, into the cauldron and stirs up. Ooh, <laughs> that suggesting was, Jen's a witch. That was smooth, <laughs> man. That was all right. It's ha- it was <coughs> Halloween a little while ago. Yeah, it, I went trick or treating. Did you have to take insulin afterwards? I did. I ate a lot of your candy. Um, was it my candy? Well, yeah, kind we, of. We put uh, one of our builds out front of the house, the animal rescue rig, and a giant inflatable pumpkin, and all the flashing lights attracted all the kids. They're not only attracted by sugar, they're attracted by flashing lights. Yeah, one little wow. girl wanted to turn the light on, and I had to be the Grinch. Oh, she couldn't? She wasn't allowed to? No, she didn't have clearance. She oh. couldn't even get in the car. Yeah, it's, it's I'm about sure she'd walk f- under it, probably. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. 90 foot high. It's like a SEMA build truck. It's yeah. a big old uh, 2018... Uh, Nissan truck, and it's a long way off the ground. It's a lot less long way off the ground since we had it lowered. It was a six-inch liftoff on, on the ground with 30 million seven-inch tires, and now it's, it's got 35-inch. Oh, which oh. I... Oh. That reminds me. Yeah. I got an update. It's time to service the tires on it. It hasn't been anywhere. I know, right? <laughs> on the, on I think we roof. drove it back from having it lowered three inches. And now they have to service it. <laughs> yeah, I break uh, in the bank. This I got is. notification. I'm like, all right. How come you got can... notification? Because I'm cool like that. Yeah. <laughs> all right, well, get it serviced. Let me know when it's done. Yeah, and I'll you just pay charge for it. it to you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, pack show it. Oh, I just hit a button. I wasn't supposed to. Pack show today. Um, the Rebel Rally, although it's been over a couple of weeks, um, our pal who is one of the big cheeses at Rolls-Royce Motorcars, Elizabeth Williams, where she cashed in a pension fund. I'm blowing the whole show for you right now, telling you everything. She cashed in a pension fund, and she and her sister bought a Toyota Tacoma, and they did the Rebel Rally, this all-girl rally through the desert in Southern California. And uh, they re- finished, let's say, almost in single digits, but they finished really well. And then they, um, you know, they paid for it all themselves. No auto manufacturer sponsored them, which was amazing. And and then uh, they went straight back to work. And so we wanted to talk to them afterwards, but they were super busy. So we managed to collar Elizabeth for today's show to tell us the first time out how they did so well. Because everybody that placed, this was probably their fifth, sixth, time doing the Rebel Rally. This was their first time out, the two Adventure Sisters, mm-hmm. and they placed. So that was amazing. And we want to talk to them about doing this all-girls rally and, and why they did so well. What was their secret? 
Did they do something that we need to put into our little side pockets and keep if Jen ever decides to do the Rebel Rally? Would you do it, by the way? Oh, Jen, that would be so cool. It would, as long as I was the driver. Oh, because you could you never did. have a supporting role, could you, yeah. Jen? No, it's not yeah. that. I'd throw up the whole time. Oh, <laughs> that would make okay. such a good video. Sick. We would place pro yeah, GoPros in the car. Good, um, we're also going to get to talk about the 2022 Wagoneer and Grand Wagoneer uh, with Rachel uh, Felrath, who is the senior manager of the Jeep products. She's going to be on the show. Um, we get to talk to Mark Gillies. I just came back from driving the Golf GTI. For anybody that loves those little hot hatches, it is stupendous. You um, know, I thought that hot hatch thing you just said was a Nick Miles exclusive. Oh. But <laughs> that that that's that's like verbiage. Like yeah, we're yeah. calling we're calling things out here hot hatches. Yeah. Yes, I feel so behind. I don't. What else? It's is the a hot original. Hatch? The original hot. It, hatch. it had to replace the bad sayings for him. You know, I, there I, was a few. No, I feel like it added no, fuel you, to the fire. Uh, the Subaru um, STI, WRX STI, they used to come in a hot hatch, but now they, they don't come in a hatch anymore. <laughs> it just cracks you out, doesn't it? Um, there's a few of them <laughs> out there. I can't be in And they're not all from Asia. Do you think it's from Asia? It's a hot hatch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> chickens is what I'm thinking. <laughs> hot hatch. <laughs> or are you thinking something else? <laughs> no, chickens. Chickens. Definitely chickens. <clears throat> yeah, I knew where you were going with that. It's just Rob, do you have the phone number for HR, please? <laughs> yeah, he's calling great? him right now. Yeah, uh, Kia Sportage. Uh, that they just unveiled a new version of the Kia Sportage. Looks sexy. That's all I have to say to you. Now you can have a hot hatch SUV that, that looks sexy. <laughs> yeah. James Bell's going to join us. He, he is in charge of all things cool at Kia. James <laughs> is coming on the show to talk about that. Andy, you've got three top fives to get through today. I have so many, I better hurry it up. Yeah. Are you ready to go? I didn't bring my mumble mouse with me. Do you me have your all. backpack? I Can have... you wrap it like M&M? Oh, that's a great <laughs> idea. I got bars. Yeah, yes, the show will absolutely. be extended by three hours today. <laughs> <laughs> as Andy gets his... <laughs> my rap debut. His rap debut today. <clears throat> Anton's going to be here to talk to us about the failings of Tesla and uh, business. What's going on? You know, where have you invested your money? I have a really hot stock tip. Mm, tell me. Uh, um, Fisca. Um, I, yeah, I, you're right. I believe you. Um, I got this stock tip that Fisca, you know, they, they, uh, they're they really close to unveiling a new car. Uh, they unveiled the ocean. We haven't seen the inside of it. They they did the prototype. Uh -huh. And uh, the rumor is that they're going to, they have booked a place at the LA Auto Show in two weeks. And the rumor is that, that maybe the final production car will be unveiled or oh. the next you know version of it. And we might even get to see the inside, but we don't know. They're not saying, but they have um, they have booked. They're on the docket to um, reveal something at the LA Auto Show. We don't know what, and um, so I just bought Fisker shares, thinking it was a great idea. They went from somewhere around fourteen, fifteen dollars. They're eighteen dollars already now, and so mm -hmm. I'm like, hey, I bought some when you go. said it. Yeah, I, I logged on to Robinhood and said bye. All right, bye. So I made three dollars already in like the last week or whatever. I'm so, so proud of you. Where are you going to spend yeah. all that? Um, well, we you, I did on buying you coffee today. Yeah. <laughs> That's already spent. Um, and then uh, the other half of our auto expert, Mike Cordell, is going to be on the show today to talk about the last three cars that he's driven, and they are he thinks they're pretty stupendous. We'll be the judge of that, Mike Cordell. Yeah, he's going to be tried and juried today. Yeah, um, and summarily, maybe 
he won't make it out of the show. Uh-huh. So he's going to join us today. Are you guys all prepared? I'm. I woke up and I did calisthenics and stretches. The, so, that's yes. what the noise was at the other end of the of the mansion. Yeah, I was. I was. Uh, there were some thuds. I was like, did he fall out of bed? That is an option, but I, I, on the whole West Wing, I was busy. I was up to no good last night. We have, uh, we have a fancy coffee machine at the house, don't we? It's impressive. Actually. Um, and so, um, Andy, I, I was at the fancy coffee machine, and I get out, and I, we have a separate office building on the property, and I went out and worked in the office, and I came back from the office building because I got up super early, and I came back, and and Andy had come out from his wing of the house, and he'd wandered into the into the catering wing, mm-hmm. and uh, he was using the coffee machine. And I said, "You all right, buddy? Because you look kind of tired." He says, "Don't worry, I'll get it together by showtime." Oh yeah, yeah, I know, <laughs> I know. Like, I got it. I get was, it together. He was hanging over the coffee machine. I was like, "All right." I was, I was a hot. I was, I was riding the struggle bus this morning. You were like, struggle yeah. bus. Yeah. Well, because usually. <laughs> Usually he goes at um, Saturday nights and just test drives all the cars, and you come back at like two in the morning from mm-hmm. test driving cars. Where do you go? The you know the strip. The strip. I like to I like to do. We don't live in school. Vegas. I know. I was gonna say Is where? There a strip? where? <laughs> Where's the strip? I like to I the like chicken to, strip. Yeah, the hot hatch strip. I like. Oh. I take it down. Um, I take Sandy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I, <laughs> where are all the ladies of the night hang out? <laughs> Eighty seconds. Uh, so, I take it and I just so so I'm kind of I'm I'm kind of full of myself but still hungry. You know what I mean? So I take no, I don't. I take. No, what does that even mean? That, that like, sounds really bad. I'm I know. Re- I, I have really no <laughs> understanding of what you just said. I'm really. I really Explain. like. I really like me, and I like to go show people me and what I look like. So what I I take. I take the cars down to high traffic areas and I just I ride slow and then and then I make sure everyone and I wave at everyone and make sure that you see what kind of car I'm in and then I gauge the car on people's reactions and how good I sit in the seat. Oh. So you're not you so do you, you take like the McLaren's through McDonald's and stuff like that. I hate yeah, that. I'm super bougie. I will do. I love okay. that. Hey, wait, 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 yeah. wait. Wait. We need to you how do you reach the window out of a McLaren? I, if I'm in no, 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 wait. If you go through, wait. You go through <laughs> McDonald's drive-through. I, I do. And I know the length of your arms. Mm-hmm. How do you reach up through the McDonald's drive-through to get your order out of a McLaren? I. I There's no way. I flex a There's, little bit. No, he flex. does. No, he, he takes the. Th- no. It, it, it lifts it. up. Remember? Yeah, it lifts. Yeah, six inches. Six inches. It lifts up. Point. <laughs> Point six inches. Well, but there's no way you're reaching up to get your order. No, but the thing that is... You must have, have to have it detailed just to get your stuff out. No, well, what I do is... No, it's the McDonald's person leading it out the yes, window going, ooh. That, yeah, that. They must have six foot arms. That's mm-hmm. all I'm telling you. Well, what I do is uh, if I'm going to take the McLaren, I won't even go through the drive-thru. I just uh, I just park it and like do the mobile order. So they have to come to me. Yeah, getting out of that thing, that's a TikTok video oh on it. Oh, my so. God. Uh, we, we, we get it. In your business... <laughs> <laughs> if you want to be involved in all the decisions, especially who to hire, you need you need to get Indeed, an all-in-one hiring platform that makes it easy to attract uh, s- uh, screens and interview candidates all in one place with a smart tool like Instant Match. You instantly get a list of qualified candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your job description the minute you sponsor a job. Spend less time sifting through resumes and more time saying you're hired. Visit Indeed.com slash credit or visit TikTok to watch Andy try and get his order through a McLaren window because it is the funniest thing ever 
watching him try to get a milkshake in a 720S with arms that are only one and a half inches long. More Our Auto Expert on the way. Stand by, here it comes. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert podcast is 24-7 on our website at ourautoexpert.com. You can hear all the past shows, see automotive videos, and read insider car stories about your next ride. Our Auto Expert is where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. You'll find it all at ourautoexpert.com. Automatic Andy and Truck Girl Jen are in the pits today. And also joining us, Elizabeth Williams, better known as the lady behind the scenes that uh, is the chief puppeteer at Rolls-Royce, keeps everybody moving and most of uh, most of her bosses out of jail is that right elizabeth <laughs> that is correct yeah. <laughs> it's a pretty easy job though <laughs> but they got themselves i'm sure into lots of trouble when you took a hiatus to go and drive the rebel rally are they all back to normal now they've got themselves sorted out now you're back in the saddle at rolls royce Everybody seems to be recovering well, so thank you very much. Good. So the story I love to tell is the fact that um, you cashed in your pension fund, you bought a Toyota Tacoma, and with your sister, it was your first time actually participating, although you'd been on the sidelines of the Rebel Rally uh, before. You actually decided to saddle up and drive and your sister navigate the Rebel Rally. Um, And uh, it it's pretty amazing that the first time behind the wheel and the first time navigating, you both managed to place. Yeah, you know, this was something that I had been introduced to a couple of years ago because of Emmy Hall and Rebecca Donaghy um, when they took the Cullinan uh, on the 2019 Rebel Rally and just kind of fell in love with it and decided, you know, this is something I want to do and I want to uh, make it go at, but I wanted to do it on my own. So that's the the reason that I went and sourced out and, and bought a 2021 Toyota Tacoma and uh, had a, an amazing time. So it's hard. It's not easy. I mean, you lose all of your navigational equipment that could help you via satellite. You, you have your cell phone taken away. It's all really about maps and compasses and stars and that sort of thing, right? Absolutely. Yeah, they... Um, They really want to kind of challenge you not only physically and through driving, but also just mentally. And how do you navigate with just latitude and longitude, maps and compass, which is uh, quite impressive and a very unique thing to learn this day and age. (laughs) Were you frightened at any point? Uh, No, um, I don't think we were ever frightened. We, uh, despite our team name, which is Team Get Lost, we never truly were totally lost and may have uh, taken a few of the scenic routes a few times but never really lost (laughs) is there any point in which you were like why why did we do this (laughs) Uh, i think about day three or four you're kind of wondering you know am i crazy to think that this is something that i want to do especially when we were in the middle of a windstorm in the desert but overall it's those such an incredible experience to push yourself to those kind of limits. Looking back over the whole experience, did it did it was it a growth experience for you? Were there things that you'll carry forward in in the rest of your years? Oh, absolutely! I think that that's one of the great things about the Rebel is that you do learn so much about yourself. You're spending a lot of time by yourself as well as with your teammate, who happened, like I said, was my sister. And I think we both learned a lot about each other and then just a lot about what our, uh, what our capabilities are, what we can do. More, so more than growing up together in the same household, there was more to learn. 
Yes. Yeah. I think, you know, the beautiful thing was during the rally, we both respected each other's jobs. You know, we, we purposely did not switch off back and forth. Um, really, she wanted to navigate and I wanted to drive. And I think we both learned to just respect what each other was doing at that point in time. So after doing it, after finishing the Rebel Rally, after going through all the experiences you went through, after building the truck and designing the truck and, and learning how to do it and the training that you did and putting it all together yourself and doing your own PR, what would be different if you did it again? Uh, well, you know, I think the, the one good thing is that I do already have a lot of the equipment in place, um, you know, which is a huge advantage that does take it becomes a second job for you as you're preparing for something like this, because you're starting from scratch. This isn't while you're using a vehicle that is, uh, you know, considered street legal and you can drive on the road and can be your daily driver. You know, getting it ready for something like this is a little bit of a different animal. So I think that is that's one thing that I learned is that. You know, it, it was a lot of hard work, but it was completely worth it in the end. And I think I, you know, fell even more in love with, you know, this off-road driving and this rally experience through the whole process. Will you do it again? I hope so. <laughs> I would like to. There's definitely always some talk about, you know, will we come back or, you know, maybe even if uh, she's not able to join me, I can come back with uh, some of, one of the incredible women that I met throughout the whole process. I feel like not only oh hi I'm I'm automatic Andy nice to meet you. Um, hi Andy. I I feel like you guys should be at one the thing that I held on to everything that you said is I feel like you should have got like the Lewis and Clark award or something cuz trying to do all that navigating with all that available technology and just saying nah I'm good. That that's impressive. Like I would have got lost probably within the 5 minutes and started crying. So <laughs> I, uh, for what it's worth, you, you have our admiration and respect. That's impressive. Well, well, thank you. Well, I, I do owe a lot of it to my sister. She actually was trained in search and rescue through King County up in Seattle. So she had a little bit of a head start, so she already was familiar with a lot of the map and compass work. But then just getting some of the training through the Rebel made a huge difference in our comfort and then, you know, you get you get a few days, it's a little rough at first, but you learn it and you can pick it up pretty quickly. Is there some way, Elizabeth, that we can, uh, I mean, obviously she's a journalist and you're a PR person. Is there some way we can read about your experiences um, over the whole rally? Yeah, I mean, we've been posting photos along the way, uh, you know, even after the, the fact on our Instagram at, at Team Get Lost. Um, and then I've been very fortunate to have a lot of uh, the wonderful media out there you know, uh, covering this, um, you know, throughout the whole process. So uh, we're trying to keep uh, stories coming out, uh, Matt. And uh, Allison actually writes with Seattle Met magazine. So, um, you know, I know she's always eager to talk about uh, all sorts of adventures that are out there. Well, Elizabeth and Allison, both congratulations from the Our Auto Expert team. We're very, very proud of you. And I hope that we'll be able to follow you next year or the year after or when you should uh, decide to do it again. And uh, and maybe next time uh, you'll get some support from people that thought you did a really good job this time because we definitely did. And it's uh, wow. it's quite a triumph. First time out to place 10th. So they're pretty pretty good job. I appreciate it. Thank you. Elizabeth Williams, she is the PR person at Rolls-Royce, and she just completed the Rebel Rally with her sister Allison for the first time. More Our Auto Expert on the way. You're listening to the Our Auto Expert Podcast.
our auto expert. Find us on TikTok. You can start a conversation with us. Ask a car question. Just direct messages at our auto expert. Our auto expert is where two million Americans get their automotive news daily. Automatic Annie and Truck Girl Jen in the studio. I'm Nick Miles. So it is the new luxury brand of Jeep. It's called Wagoneer. And Rachel Felrath joins us. She is the senior manager of Jeep products. So, Rachel, first of all, it's uh, is it different now talking about luxury when you talk about the Jeep brand? It, it is different. Uh, it, you know, thank you for having me. But, uh, you know, we're, we're launching these two new models here with Wagoneer and Grand Wagoneer and really embarking into, into this luxury space. You know, Grand Cherokee has um, dabbled in it, uh, you know, with their upper trends, but we're really embarking on new territory here with the, the you know, meticulous details and uh, extravagant interiors and uh, technology features that we're bringing into these two models. So it's, it's certainly different to, to speak about luxury now and talk about these two models. Did Jim Morrison buy you a fur line chair for your office? <laughs> he, he did. He did not. It's oh, on order, though. Jim, come on now. <laughs> um, at least it's on order. It's it's a different direction because now you have a vehicle that is really competing with uh, the automakers like Lincoln and, and you, the Denali trim levels from the GM brand. But the capability hasn't really disappeared at all, has it? You still have a vehicle that can go anywhere, do anything, but now it really does it in style and luxury. That's absolutely correct. So, you know, if you look at the vehicles, they have the seven-slot grille. So they're very much, you know, founded uh, in Jeep brand DNA, which means they are highly capable vehicles. You know, we have best-in-class crawl ratio and up to 24 inches of water porting. You know, the Grand Wagoneer standard, you get the Quadra Drive 2. So it really is a go-anywhere, do-anything type of vehicle. But with these uh, two models, you know, we really did want to expand our reach into more of that uh, upstream premium um, segments. So it is very much, uh, you know, focused on technology, safety, comfort, um, but, you know, grounded in Jeep brand capability. I noticed a little bit of a difference in in the luxury, though, Rachel. One of the things I noticed was that it's, whereas Range Rover is obviously sort of the, the British club, the cigar smoking luxury, the smoking jacket, the yacht style luxury, the Wagoneer luxury is more American. It's more Nashville high-end luxury. It's really truly American luxury where it, it's not so much hoity-toity, but it's really the, the guys who are more rock and roll, who are more the sort of high-end American luxury. It really doesn't lose that cowboy luxury style. No, you know, if you ever hear, uh, you know, Christian Munier, who's our, our global CEO uh, of Jeep Brand Speak, you'll hear him say that these vehicles are meant to get dirty, right? Uh, they're meant to take on your journeys, whether that's, you know, up to your cabin, whether that's to a secluded fishing spot, but you're meant to take, you know, yourself, your family, your friends, the dog. Uh, they will get dirty type of vehicles, but you know, counterbalancing that with all of the the premium leather and real American walnut. Uh, that lines the interiors, the authentic metals. So it very much uh, is outfitted with a high-end, authentic premium material, but it's still uh, meant to get dirty. Yeah, it's sort of the more artisan luxury versus the sort of French luxury, as it were. Uh, The other thing I also noticed is you've got a lot of firsts in this vehicle as well. Um, Things like uh, the audio system and the the speakers in the back uh, door, and they're, they're just... 
not just the the brand but the way they're designed in there the fact that the lights go in into places that they've not gone before that you've sort of bridged gaps that haven't been used before and you it's the first time that you've done things in this vehicle so you you've broken a lot of rules when building the Wagoneer and Grand Wagoneer yeah, you know, our designers really started from, from a clean sheet of paper um, in designing this vehicle to, to be, a, you know, many firsts. Because when you look back to the original, right, that vehicle, uh, the original Wagoneer and Grand Wagoneer also had a lot of firsts. So we wanted to continue that as we brought back, you know, two iconic nameplates, right? They had to, had to go beyond uh, what, was, what was seen in the market today. And to your comment about the audio, you know, we, we partnered with Macintosh very closely, not only to bring in their audio system, but to integrate the feel of Macintosh into the vehicle. So, you know, if you look at the, the lighting on the doors, it's the Macintosh blue. If you uh, feel the controls, like the, the uh, gear shift, right, it's, it's knurled around the edges and it's like audio dial. Uh, same thing with some of the other dials in, in the vehicle. So, you know, we really worked with them to not only bring in the audio system, but to integrate the whole experience uh, that Macintosh has in their home audio into the vehicle. I think my favorite part of the vehicle, and I'm very shallow when it comes to favorite part of the vehicles, but I think my favorite part of the vehicle is something very simple, but I've never really seen anybody do it before. And that is the fact that um, where the charge, the phone charger goes in the vehicle, where the wireless phone charger goes, if you put the door down to the wireless phone charger and where the USB-C and A chargers are, that cover that goes over them in the center console, the lid to those, the cover that comes down, is actually a screen and that screen is the seat massagers. And that is it's just pure genius because what you've done is to use a French word there, is it's almost a double entendre. Not only is it the cover that covers up that bin in the center console that would be the housing for the wireless charger and the USB-As and USB-Cs, but that the lid for that cover is also a screen that then houses quite a complex menu system, which is all of the menus for the seat massagers. So really what you've done is given it sort of a dual purpose so you can control all of your massage features, but at the same time, it's actually that just that little slip cover that covers up that bin. So just just something simple, something clever, something that nobody's done before, but just just something special about the vehicle. And, and that to me is just just something delightful that you just sort of didn't expect. Yeah, and you know, I, I was really excited when when you know the engineers and the design team uh, you know figured out how to execute that because it is one of those those simple things, but it's also just one of those things that I think makes the entire package what it is, right? The entire package feels very seamless and pulled together. And, you know, that screen acts as, uh, you know, it's sort of like the little media center, right? So you can have the driver who's looking at the directions up on your radio screen while the passenger is controlling their seats down below. And, you know, everybody is, is able to interact with the vehicle uh, in a seamless way that isn't intrusive or disruptive. Um, and plus, you know, you have all your, your storage and things that are hidden behind that door. So it is very dual purpose. Um, and one of the things that I love as well. You, you know, one of the things that I really, really liked about it was all the screen time. I was, I liked that I was able to look at Nick at like 14 different entry points within the car. <laughs> I plastered his face in like 17 different areas in the car, and I was so happy that I could do that. I was seriously impressed with the car. 
Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, no, we, uh, you know, we, we obviously love the car. We're so glad that it's uh, arriving in dealers and that customers are, are getting to, to experience them and get them in their hands. And, you know, the technology is one of my favorite pieces because it is so well integrated, you know, with, you know, 75 inches of screen and you think about how many inches that is, right, across seven screens up to 75 inches. But the way that the design team has integrated it and how it's used, uh, very naturally uh, within your driving experience. Uh, that's that's one of my favorite things. I think I was on a, a flight to Florida, and uh, I just jumped into to my seat, um, and there was a, an open seat next to me, and that usually doesn't happen. And they were closing the door, and this arm came into the door. Um, just as they were trying to close it, and this guy was just trying to get onto the plane uh, the, as the last person, and um, he, the, the guy was like, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm late," and and the guy came in and and sat down next to me on the plane, um, and uh, he sat down next to me, buckled in, and he turned to me and he apologized and he said, um, "I'm really, really sorry for being late," and then we both looked at each other and he looked over to me and he said, "Nick," and I said. Ralph and it was it was Ralph Ralph Jazz the designer of of the Grand Cherokee Aww. and he said how are you and I said I, I'm I'm really great and I was wearing my uh, I have a, a leather jacket which has a gold Union Jack shoulder on each side and the first thing he did is he turned to me and he said this would make an incredible interior design for one of my vehicles. And we should take this gold paint and we should we should put it on the inside of one of our vehicles. And it, it reminded me that you put the American flag on the doors of your Jeeps recently to honor your uh, our American troops who have fallen in battle. And that's that's something that most people don't know that buy Jeeps. Yes, yes. So we have the American flag flanking both uh, the doors, uh, front, you know, front doors, passenger and driver's side. And, you know, the vehicle is, is very much an American icon. And we want to, you know, exhibit that. You know, it was designed here in Auburn, Michigan. It's produced at the Warren Truck Plant. And, um, you know, a lot of people ask why the, the flag is flying backwards. And, um, you know, it's not. It's just all about perspective, right? Because if you think about the flag, uh, and the stars leading the way, it's like it is on a flagpole, and it's it's similar to the patches you do see on uh, military uniforms, um, on a lot of other um, uh, things that have, you know, the American flag on it, because it is always moving forward. Um, right. So it's actually not backwards. Uh, if you see the flag flanking the doors, it is forever moving forward. And of course, Jeep is moving forward, and they moved our, all of our troops forward in the Second World War. It was Jeeps that took everybody to the front line, and we thank you for that. And if you want to experience the new Wagoneer or Grand Wagoneer, of course, they are moving forward to dealerships right now. But uh, with the chip crisis, it's uh, it's one of those things that you should get in and test drive them as soon as you can. Uh, they are in short supply, and they will be snapped up. So I would get there as soon as you can to test drive them. Uh, they are incredible vehicles. I would say thank you for spending some time with us today, Rachel. It's been a wonderful time with us, and they are wonderful vehicles. If you want to experience the video, go to OurAutoExpert.com. They're up there right now. More Our Auto Expert on the way. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. 
Over 12,000 people have downloaded our Auto Expert podcast and many more stream it. Join the happy listeners via iHeartRadio, Pandora app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and OurAutoExpert.com. Hours of endless fun await you. I'm Nick Miles, and this is our Auto Expert radio show. Two million Americans get their automotive news daily from our Auto Expert. I just got back from North Carolina where I got the great chance to drive an American icon, a world icon, a German icon, the Golf GTI. Uh, it was goodbye to the Golf this year for 2020. 21 model year and it will not be returning but what is returning is one of the hottest hatches in the world the golf gti in its eighth generation originally hit the world its debut 1976 in europe and 1983 in the united states more than 40 years later the eighth generation embodies the very same formula, refined, hot hatch, powerful, playful, uh, a lot of fun, and now in some very, very, very bright colors uh, to talk about it. Mark Gillies joins us. Mark, uh, we had a great time in some of the on some of the roads in North Carolina. Although a little cold, it didn't uh, stop us having some screaming uh, canyon carving times in the new uh, GTI. So this generation around, it's just a lot more power, a lot more fun. And in the United States, we're lucky enough to get both a manual and a DSG. Yeah, we are. I mean, it's, um, <clears throat> excuse me, um, it's actually quite interesting because about 40 to 50 percent of GTI and Golf R buyers um, both take the manual. Um, and it's funny, actually, with the Golf R, with we're the only markets North American and uh, in North America to take a manual transmission. So you know Europe's gone over to DSG on the Golf R. We keep it for both for both of our hot you know hot hatches basically. Um, and you know uh, I, I drove the, the manual and it's still a real pleasure to change gears yourself rather than let the electronics do it for you. I guess there's no convincing Germany that you need a manual if you get that much amount of uptake. No, it's it, it's not a problem. But it, it's not a problem to convince them that we need a manual. Um, sometimes the engineering is a bit more difficult, but yeah, I mean we we get really good uptake, and, and we're also the world's biggest GTI market as well. So um, we have a little bit of clout just purely from the sales numbers that we generate. It really got modernised up front. Uh, those fog lights on the GTI—they're absolutely spectacular. <laughs> yeah, it's like an X-shaped pattern. Um, it's a very um, I guess striking light signature at the front of the car. Um, obviously, the car still retains like the red bar, but you've got a lot going on in the lighting area now. Um, and, and as you say, you've got those fog lights in the lower uh, corners that are very distinctive. It's interesting that the the uh, the R doesn't get that sort of fog light um, in the bottom corner. Is that because you need an air intake in there to keep that engine cool? Um, actually, I, I don't know the answer to that one, but I guess it needs it needs a little bit more uh, cooling in there because obviously the, the GTR makes 241 horsepower and the Golf R with essentially the same engine with a bigger turbo makes 315. So it's yeah. working a little bit harder to, to generate the horsepower. The new color scheme, very bright. Um, that, that yellow is actually almost quite uh, quite shocking when you see it on the road. It's very, very, very yellow. It is pomelo yellow. It's a new color, um, and um, yeah, I mean we're actually bringing some colors back into the palette. I mean, if you look look, look through the lineup, you know the Taos, for instance, which is a compact SUV, comes in a very 
bright blue, um, and you know the, the GTI comes in a pretty solid red and, and, and this yellow. So makes a change from the, the usual whites and greys and blacks that seem to dominate dealer. Uh, showrooms these days or, or dealer lots I should say. Yeah it, it's interesting though that even the greys have sort of got very modern and very updated this sort of matte style greys that you have although they're not really true mattes but they they have the, the grey colours have got very fashionable as well and especially on the GTI with the with the red and, and the new fascia they do look very very nice uh, very modern. Yeah, I like that kind of flat grey. I call it sort of a battleship grey that we have um, on the the GLI, for instance. I I, I think those colours are pretty interesting. They're very. I think Audi sort of pioneered them for this market for for German cars, um, and it's a it's a nice nice colour actually. Um, and I'm not somebody who's sort of wowed by colours, but I I really like that grey. I think it's a it's it even looks great on the ID4 as well. So. Um, you know, it's, it just, it's, it's a bit more subtle and it's, it's, it's differentiated from the, as you say, from the usual silver, silver greys that you get. There's quite a good feel, too, to this, this new engine that you have, um, this EA888 engine. It, it does feel better. Um, I think it's just, again, it's got more torque, more horsepower. Um, there have been some changes, but it's called the Evo 4. Um, so everything's updated, um, both from, you know, power and torque and also to get better emissions, to get greater efficiency, you know, because everybody, you know, nowadays you see better um, fuel economy numbers on better, fuel, better horsepower combined with sort of similar uh, fuel economy as outgoing cars. So people are trying to eke out more efficiency from the engines. Um, and that sort of has big benefit for uh, owners' checkbooks at the end of the day, or bank accounts, I should say. There obviously there's not a big market for um, you know four door cars in the United States anymore. Everybody's switched to SUVs, and we've seen that in the VW lineup. I mean, it's become very SUV heavy, and that's what people are buying. But there is still this passion for hot hatches. Yeah, and I think you know um, the Golf is a signature car for the brand, and, and the GTI obviously is the signature performance car. Um, and I think. You know, it's it speaks to back to that great first car. You know, the formula's still same thing. It's front wheel drive, uh, very playful, um, lots of horsepower for the size. And and the other thing is, you know, back in the day, I remember driving. Uh, showed my age, but I road tested Mark One GTIs in the day, <laughs> and they were always like great back road cars. And I think that's where, you know, the roads we were driving in North Carolina. You know, you'd be hard-pressed to keep up with a well-driven GTI or particularly a Golf R, uh, even in a supercar, because, you know, there's nowhere for you to use the top speed of the supercar. But right. the, the grip and the, the accessibility, I think it's the accessibility of the, the performance and the handling. Yeah. You know, it's just a front-wheel drive car particularly, or an all-wheel drive car. It just It just feels the right size for those kind of roads, and it's just... Um, it just feels nimble and easy and it feels safe compared to, you know, a monster rear drive sports car. Yeah, and I definitely did uh, did do quite a bit of spirited driving, I would say, on those uh, on those mountain <laughs> roads. It, and it was hard not to do spirited driving as well, too. Uh, Mark, last question. Arriving in dealerships when? Uh, GTI goes into dealerships uh, basically a couple of weeks' time. Um, an MSP 
you know, on the on the base car starts at 29, 545, yeah. uh, with a lot more standard equipment that, than in the past. So it's still it's still a good deal. Um, and, you know, a lot of performance for the money. I will recommend to everybody, um, however, that even if you don't intend on buying one, you should at least test drive them because they are so much fun. And hopefully you have a dealership that's very close to a windy road where you can do a lot of test driving. Mark Gillies is from VW of America and had a lot of fun driving the R and the GTI and the GLI as well. Don't miss that out too. Uh, this is our auto expert, Mark Gillies from VW. There is more to come. Stand by. You're listening to the R Auto Expert Podcast. A locally created, nationally celebrated from the northwest to the southeast. This is the World's Car Radio Show. If it has a throttle, we'll feature it on air, online, on smartphone, or on smart speaker. This is our Auto Expert, where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. I'm your host, Nick Miles, along with Automatic Andy and Truck Girl Jen. Yeah. Well, no applause? No, no, I, like, I always do applause. You do? I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> it's I think, delayed. How about this for our next guest? Yay! Yeah. Ja- uh, James Bell is 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 joining us. I was Yay. gonna I was gonna just do an intro, but yeah. Sorry. Well, yeah. it's one of my favorites. Can so. I? Yes. He is absolutely. Let me just do this. Stan- right. James, hold on a second. Hang on a second. I've got an intro for you. Um, Kia. <laughs> Kia. Yes. Kia. Kia. Wait. <laughs> yes. Just just hang Woo. on a second. Hang on a second. Kia is one of the most dynamic auto companies in the United States. Mm-hmm. Their Sportage, which has been around for many years, mm-hmm. is the number two seller for the car company. Woo! Not just in... James Bell, everybody. Yay! <laughs> James, however hard I try to do an intro for you, it doesn't work. They just keep applauding. We're just like just... little children. Yeah. Sorry. That, yeah, by by uh, Nick Miles standards, that was pretty underwhelming. I'm yes, not sure. <laughs> I try. I had a big intro ready to go, but apparently these guys just uh, they yeah. just ruined it for me. Um, you have a new Sportage. You have a new Sportage. You um, the the old Sportage did pretty well. Well, actually, it's not really the old Sportage yet. The current Sportage does pretty well. Your number two yeah. seller, and uh, in October, your number two speller as well. Speller. Uh, speller. It the can number spell two seller. Too. <laughs> <laughs> the number two seller and speller as well. Uh, the new the new Sportage, however, is sort of in line. When I first saw it, it, it looks very much like your EV6 in the front. It has that sort of new Kia styling that has yeah. become so prominent, but less of the tiger nosed front grille and more of this new era of Kia front nose. Well, if you look close, the tiger nose is in there. Right. But it, you're right. It's, um, you know, where in the past maybe it was the primary uh, air intake kind of spot, uh, part of the, of the grill. It's now more of a design element or ethic. I mean, uh, you know, you mentioned the EV6. I'm actually speaking to you from sitting in the passenger seat, in the driver's seat of an EV6. Oh. And so uh, I, I know exactly what you're saying, how it's, it's, it's the tiger nose is in there. But it's uh, more of a kind of a functional element as opposed to being the primary element. I'm going to try not to talk too much about the EV6 because I know we have to uh, wait a little while for that. But it's, you know, it's one of the cars that excites me the most about the electric area of cars. But the Sportage, will will the Sportage come sooner than the EV6 or later than the EV6? Uh, well, the uh, about a, a two months later, if memory serves. Okay. So, yeah, the EV6 will be going on sale in early 22 and the is going to last uh, 
uh, more in the in the springtime. Okay. The now this sort of new generation of the, this is the hottest segment right now for car buyers yeah. where the sportage is, yeah. right? This is Americans can't get enough of this sort of small or I guess we call it small SUV uh, segment. This is where American families want to be. They came out of sedan, mid-size sedans and go went into these sort of compact SUVs. So it's the hot segment right now. So there's no mistake making mistakes here at all, right? No, and you mentioned that the current generation, uh, which is actually the fourth generation Sportage, is is rolling great here at the end of its run. So, and that is a big reflection of what you just said that that segment is where people really want to go shopping. So, yeah, to to kind of knock that one off to the side and bring a new one out there, there's a lot of pressure on it. But I think this new uh, Sportage is just. Um, I mean, when you see them side by side, it's just not only from a design perspective so different, but it's rolling on a, a new N3 platform, which is underneath the K5, uh, the Sorento, the, the Carnival, uh, are, you know, already a very highly lauded platform. So it allowed uh, a much more interior space in the current vehicle. The, the current vehicle is kind of a slave to dying a little bit. It's a pretty aggressive looking uh, SUV. Some have kind of uh, called it out to be like almost like a, a Porsche Cayenne kind yeah. of. Uh, design ethic to it. Uh, this one steps away from that, but it's really, I mean, as we said in our press release, bigger and bolder. Right. And so the interior space is really maximized. And when you see a, a the new fifth generation Sportage next to a current one, it feels almost a, a half a class up. It's a, it's a much uh, grander uh, kind of uh, vehicle, I think, than the current generation is. And the current generation, as we said, is killing it. So we're, we're feeling pretty good about it. You can't re. I mean, Kia have not had any misfires, really. I mean, when I go to a Kia lot, especially nowadays, there isn't really much left on the lot. And no. you, you make them and people buy them. Yes. Well, I know I've told you and uh, your team there and, and uh, in your audience that we as executives at Kia t- are still not allowed to order a Telluride as our company vehicle. Right. My, my wife has a struggle with that. Every time I, I say, oh, I'm up for a new car. Please get a sport, or sorry, uh, tell you right. Please, well, maybe she'll sell sports now. I, she, uh, she, I haven't brought one home yet, but yeah, she wants to tell you right. And and you're right, we make them and they sell as quickly as possible. And and that's a vehicle that's been on sale for two and a half years. It's it's of course interesting to go to. Uh, I do the videos for a local Kia dealer. I know they have 16 rooftops, but I do all of their product videos for them. And uh-huh. I have been there many times to do Kia videos. And by the time I arrive at the dealership, the car we were filming is gone. And it's, <laughs> it's already sold, which is not a bad thing necessarily. I mean, it is for me because I don't get to do the video. But the, the interesting thing about that is I drove up the other day and they had a 2020 Telluride on the lot. And I'm like, how, how, did, how did that happen? Because even though it's a 2020 and it was obviously taken in trade for something else, it was still on the lot when I arrived. And that's unusual because they usually sell very fast as well, even the 2020s. Uh, the, new, yeah. the new Sportage, uh, it does have a lot of new technology. And you have the X-Line, which, of course, is the first time that that's been introduced on the Sportage. Yes. Well, we've got the X-Line, which is, um, you know, just that kind of, that's the other part of this segment we talked about. It is a family segment that is uh, is on fire and growing, but we're seeing more and more interest in having it have a little bit more of an edge to it. Not necessarily the the, the city driver, but something that looks like you could get out. And we think it's it's, it's a little bit of a kind of a new reflection of culture now. Uh, hopefully in the backside of this pandemic where people wanted to, you know, have a, the, the sense that they could just go off into nature and, and be kind of away from everybody, which sounds strange to say, but I think there's some, a cultural shift in that. 
And so, yeah, we've got the uh, the X uh, X line, which is going to have the, the kind of this more off-road looking ethic. But then we've got, more importantly, the X Pro, which brings the real heat uh, with uh, proper BF Goodrich uh, off-road tires, nice. a, a one-and-a-half-inch um, um, uh, lift in it. Uh, you know, all the uh, hardcore or harder core, I should say. It's not all the way to like a, a Moab or a, a desert you know, or a Jeep or something like that. But it can really do much more than you would expect from what has been traditionally seen as a say like more of a, a family um uh you know a family hauler uh so yeah we're excited to, to bring you know kind of push sportage as a brand into more of the off-roading space because we know it's it's a very popular look what is satisfying for me and i think is must be very satisfying for you in your career is when you join a company and uh, from the date you join until now the satisfaction is all the cool stuff that happens. So <laughs> yeah. I mean, you go through all the cool product that you're there to launch, all the cool triumphs that you have, the trophies that arrive, all those type of things. And even though the pandemic has brought lots of misery and awkwardness and travel restrictions with it, it's also brought a lot of cool stuff because a lot of people aren't getting on planes and going to foreign countries and vacationing in the sunshine. They are taking their vehicles and families internally into the country and vacationing mm-hmm. at campsites and that means things like the x-line and the x-pro become much more perfect for that family towing the trailer going camping those type of things so it must be quite satisfying that you obviously didn't plan this last week you planned it a while ago <laughs> probably right. as the pandemic was starting or before the pandemic started so it must be satisfying to see hey we got this one right yeah, yeah, and I can tell you from working on the uh, X Pro model, there was a fair amount of resistance within the organization on the Korean side because they just, you know, in their driving culture, they don't have that same sensibility. Maybe not yet, but uh, they don't now. And so there was a lot of questions. Well, you know, why do you need it to have this off-roading uh, uh, capability? What, what's people are, you know, our, our clinics show that people aren't really using them that way. Well, that's because there's a there's a spirit to it. And, and, and people are, you know, as you said, they're going camping, they're going off-roading, not, not, you know, necessarily rock crawling, but they want to just have that comfort and, and freedom to know that they could. And I think that's a cultural shift that's happened. And, and you're absolutely right. When we have a vehicle that, that hits that mark, the, the new Carnival has done the similar thing. You know, that's a, what would, many people would call it would be a minivan-type vehicle. But we gave it that SUV kind of design ethic and spirit. And it's selling as quickly as we can make them as well. So, but yeah, we, we've uh, we've hit some bullseyes along the way. It's been pretty good. I think the one of the, the nicest things to to is to know that sometimes you have to explain to somebody who may not be in your office here things that the Americans want to do, and sometimes they don't understand, but they'll go along with your plan anyway. And when it pays off, you can go, huh, I told you so. And yeah, that, that's, right. that's hard, but it's very satisfying as well. So we will see the new Sportage when? Uh, well, uh, LEO, uh, no, so that again, the LA Auto Show next week, we're going to have a big uh, display of it and some new sportage news, okay. uh, which we're excited to share. Um, and then uh, it will be on sale and hitting uh, dealerships, I believe it's in late March, early April, somewhere in that space. All right, I'm looking forward to it, and also I'm looking forward to getting behind the wheel, because I think it's going to be a very exciting vehicle as well. And of course, there's a lot of competition in that segment with the Sportage, but obviously uh, the Sportage has held its own for the last uh, several, well, four generations, so we're expecting it to go forward and do the same in the fifth generation, right? Yeah, well, you know, some say that if, if, if you were to 
I, I try to identify the, the 911 of the Kia Line, you know, the, the vehicle that really uh, emblemized or uh, it really hits what the core of that brand is. Right. Some would say it's the Kia Soul. I personally think it's more sportage. Right. And, and that's why, as you said, the, the fifth generation, every generation more successful than the one before it, uh, we're, we're expecting good things. And, and I will tell you from seeing it in parking lots now at our Kia office, it is something when you're going to walk through, yeah. you know, uh, Costco and you're going to yeah. see this thing and you're going to say, what's going on there? Something's new. All right. James Bell from Kia. He is in charge of all of the things that are special there. James, thank you. Kia! More, more going on at uh, Our Auto Expert. Stand by. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert, that's right. Our Auto Expert is available 24-7, ourautoexpert.com. You can still hear past shows, see automotive videos, and read insider car stories about your next ride. Our Auto Expert is where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. You'll find it all about ourautoexpert.com. And uh, Truck Girl Jen, Automatic Annie, in the pits today. Uh, Andy, you have been test driving I did multiple it. cars. And you have sanctioned five things that you like about each of the cars. I, I did it really good. So you've got seven minutes to talk about five cars. Go. Okay. So the first car is the 2022 Infiniti QX60. Um, a side note that's not in the top five that I thought was interesting is that for their ad campaign, they used Cameo. So they hired celebrities to do a commercial. So I felt like they paid twice to advertise. So they really deserve this spot in All general. Right. So the number one thing that I liked was the seat belts. So Nick, they made the seat belts softer. They used herringbone weave to minimize snagging on fine fabrics like cashmere and silk. And beards. It's so fancy, Nick. <laughs> Finally, fancy. my cashmere sweater will have no rips. There's a, there's a new 295 horsepower engine. I All bet right. you didn't know that. Yeah, I did. Um, And it has... <laughs> And then it has an optional manual shifter that you can go on the fly, and it has the ability to tow over 6,000 pounds or 17.6 mees. Oh. And then, the, so there's a, there, funny. there's another good one, Nick. There's a third row seating that they designed, designed specifically for the kiddos. Okay. So they have a, a unique pitch and slide motion, which I do not agree with the verbiage of that when it comes to kids. <laughs> um, so if you, you don't have to dismantle the second row, you can just put down the one part and pitch and slide your kid into the car like we all think about. Uh, and then there's a so guess what Nick there's a there's so no a, punt and kicking right no just, just pitch and slide no the punt and kick <laughs> is the base model um, and then and then in the the number four one Nick there's a high def dash display they got rid of the gauge and cluster because they said you know what if we can't reinvent the wheel then let's make a square and they replaced <laughs> it with a, a TFT which is a, not an NFT it's a thin film transistor technology oh, ding, ding. much like Tony Stark. And then for there's a color called Moonbow Moonbow Blue, and it's an exclusive color only to the QX60, right. and it's inspired by the multiverse. All right. And then, uh, then I have more for another car. You ready? Okay. Yeah. That's yep. got, yeah, that's yeah, car you got eight one. points on that one. Okay. All and right. then the the 2022 Volkswagen Atlas. Okay. Guess what? It has all, it has a digital leash, and that what that means is. <laughs> They their thing is it's it's a thing called Carnet and you can manipulate the car from your phone. Okay. Oh, someone's in it. Now you can stop it, and they're not in mm. it anymore. Hopefully. Okay. And then they have um, number two is they they have Vtex leatherette seats and it sounds like a dressing, but it looks really nice in the car because it's really velvety white. 
Um, it feels like ostrich or alligator mixed with squirrel. What the heck? It's really soft. Squirrel. And then, so yeah, it's really soft. Nick, have you been? Have you had squirrel ostrich, gravy? You know I'm a vegan. Alligator and squirrel. And squirrel in that order. Uh, okay, yeah. I'm not even gonna go. Yeah. There. Keep yeah. going. So this this one's a little boring, but I liked it. There, it's it. They have a three zone climate control. Yeah. And I know that's not breathtaking or anything, but for the larger crowd, that means like you. You and Truck Girl Jen could be all warm and toasty, and then I could be in the back at a brisk 61. Oh, okay. That works perfect. A brisk 61. Yeah. And then let's address the elephant in the room, Nick. Okay. Who's um, that? Well, unfortunately, the Atlas uses the the um, the IQ drive, which most people, they don't, they're not a huge fan of. But, Nick, yeah. um, they do have a digital cockpit that is nothing short of amazing. Okay. And the GPS map, it when is. you map out I your agree. thing, yeah. you can send it to the, the where the the digital dash would be so you can just focus. Okay. And so, then, yeah. And then if you're ever in a hurry to go get a Costco hot dog for $1.50 because yeah. you're really hungry, yeah. Um, you can – you. Go. well, they have you covered. Yeah, they do? You can – well, because if you mess up because you're going too fast, they yeah. have – they have airbags that deploy, um, and that turns off the fuel pump and unlocks the doors. Okay. So you're safe. So if you're driving too fast to get your hot dog, you're safe. Because they're only a dollar fifty. Okay. Okay. Now I have to go on now. Okay. I have the 2002, 22. Right. Not. You got seven past. points for that. So, <laughs> so you're at, you're at, you're at um, you're at fifteen. Okay. Here I go. Um. Yeah. You got three minutes. Go. You got fifteen. You got to get enough, at least five points out of this to get over twenty-one. Uh, six points to get over twenty-one. Go. Breathe. Go. Uh, and the 20, 2022 Honda Civic, the touring edition specifically. Yeah. Um, if you're following along at home, this is the second time I've brought up a cockpit. You know why? Because the inside of the Honda looks like um, a plane. Okay. And when I when I shimmy, <laughs> I, I, sh I shimmied into the car, and yeah. I noticed um, immediately that the Top Gun theme was going on in my okay. head. Okay, yeah, it does. It's true. Um, I agree. There's there's hexagon open patterns. That I'm sorry, go I can't get shimming out of my head. Keep going. I like to shimmy. <laughs> and there's there's a hexagon <laughs> open pattern open pattern that goes from wall to wall. Yeah. And the sharp, tight lines of the stitch stitching make it feel like when you're going 17 miles an hour at a standstill. <laughs> yeah. Okay. At least. <laughs> um, the heated seats also have eight way power. That's seats. worth two points. Go on. The the yeah. heated seats you can move them around. Okay, two minutes. Um. Okay. Oh. Okay. Um. Then the third one. One. It has a one touch moonroof. Yeah. It's not a sunroof, but it's directly in the sunroof spot. So okay. the moonroof identifies as a sunroof. Okay. No, no judgments. All right. Go. And then number it's one point. Number four. There's a sixty forty split split rear. Split <laughs> split rear seat back. What does that mean? Yeah. Well, it's the ability to take down a single seat. In the back. So if you have a ton of groceries or grandma right. got drunk at bingo, <laughs> you can just put her in the back and take <laughs> Ethel home. That's and you don't have to open the door. Okay, right, what's okay. what's up with the bagels? The the bag because to do you have one? Warm toasty bagels. I was using bagels as a as another word for your rear end. Oh, that, uh, that okay. I was just oh. wondering, I was like, hmm. Kay. That's worth three points. Yeah, that, Wait, let me yeah. add it up. Let me add it up. Oh, 21. You made it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I did it. I did it. Yeah. I did it. I did it. I, did it. I have right. a, Do I have time for one more? Yeah, go. Okay. So the last one is the back of the Honda Civic. Yeah. It's, it has trunk tray dividers. So 
all you Lego lovers out there, <laughs> you can make your own customizable trunk settings. So if you want to put like your Pokemon cards on the side, yeah. and then like your kickboxing gloves yeah. on the other side, and then have room for your, your magic cards, for your magic cards, and then for all your your vegan chicken patties, <laughs> you can make this whole customizable thing in your trunk with all these little dividers that I'm Honda scared of what my listeners uh, actually do they, I did it they have they have vegan patties and Legos and magic cards and boxing gloves Keep boxing. Yeah, my listeners are really weird according to you alright that was Andy's car reviews we'll be right back at our auto expert you're listening to the our auto expert podcast This is our auto expert. Find us on TikTok. You can start a conversation with us. Ask us a car question. Just direct messages at our auto expert. Our auto expert is where two million Americans get their automotive news daily. Our automatic Andy, truck girl Jen in the studio. I'm Nick Miles, and joining us on the phone, he's an independent analyst and investor. You can read the majority of his stuff at the Street and Seeking Alpha. Anton Woolman is probably the most informed person about the autonomous car, electric car business, and of course the business itself of the car industry. So this week, Anton Hertz said that they had bought 100,000 cars from Tesla. However, Tesla contraindicated that with their statement, then said that the, there isn't any order whatsoever with Hertz. What is the truth, Anton? Well, Nick, I wish we knew because this is a case where certainly if there were ever a case to be made for any government regulation that investigates the veracity of what public companies tell the public, this would be one because Hertz came out and said, wow, we've ordered 100,000 Teslas worth approximately $4 billion and uh, we're going to start getting them real soon. And then uh, a few days go by and during those few days, uh, the stock price of both Hertz and Tesla skyrocket. I forget the exact percentages, it depends on exactly from when to where you measure, but you're talking 30, 40 percent. I mean, these are enormous moves in both of these stocks. And suddenly, in the middle of the night, uh, none other than Elon Musk comes out and says, well, I, I wonder why the stock is up so much, because we really haven't signed any order with Hertz. Like, wait a minute. You mean, you mean a few days have now gone by, both of your shares have gone to the moon, and uh, now you're telling me there is no order? Um, no, no more comment from him, clearly. And then everybody's eyes turned to Hertz to say, well, what's the truth here? You're the ones who came out and said that you had ordered these 100,000 cars. Elon Musk says there is no such order. What's the deal? Suddenly, Hertz can't comment anymore. Hertz says, well, we just refer to our initial statement. We can't really say anything more. Now, Hertz, when this thing first came out on that Monday morning, they were perfectly happy to trumpet it from the treetops and from the mountaintops that this order had happened. And uh, Mark Fields, the interim CEO, went on TV and he, he smiled from ear to ear. And now, oh, Lord, oh, gosh, we just can't comment anymore. I mean, this is ridiculous. I mean, is it too much to ask that we find out what the truth is here? Because certainly the parties seem to have taken everybody for a ride. It, wouldn't it be a good idea for somebody else to try and sneak in here and do a deal with Hertz? <laughs> well, certainly you would have to wonder. I mean, if I were any automaker, I would try to do a big deal like this because clearly investors 
seem to like it. You may recall, Nick, that for the previous handful of decades, the majority of our adult lifetimes, Nick, any time an automaker struck a deal with a rental car fleet, it was viewed as a negative in the investment community. Because if you had to strike a deal with a rental car fleet, that basically was a sign of weakness. You can't sell your cars at full price to the regular buyer. You have to dump them onto a rental fleet. I mean, by gosh, suddenly the world turned upside down. So if I were any other rental car company, I would try to try to de- deal with a, a, another deal with an automaker. And if I were any other automaker, I would do the reverse. So you can imagine that all of these parties in the rest of the world now are probably scrambling to see, well, can we get away with this too? Uh, so I, I would look for more announcements on this in the coming months. Uh, it It's... So confusing. I have so many questions about this. So let's start with this. Does it matter what state it's in? Because I would think if, you know, Hertz said, I'm going to buy 100,000 electric cars in California, that would send the electric companies into a tailspin. Because suddenly with an extra 100,000 electric cars in California, that would be a real problem. If it was Indianapolis, if it was Hawaii, that would be even more of a tailspin. So it really depends where these 100,000 cars are going to arrive, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm not sure about that, Nick. I mean, I think the bigger thing is here is that the regulatory bodies have been very particular for decades, our entire lifetime. Uh, as to the veracity of statements by company management. When company managements tell the investment public something, they do not appreciate them being cute with precision. You have to be literally true. You have to have these statements approved by internal counsel, hopefully also external counsel, to us so that they can put belts and suspenders on double-checking with management and triple-checking with management that this is exactly true and that there is no part of the statement that could possibly not be exactly true. And here we have something where somebody is not telling the truth. We don't know who. We don't know if it's Hertz. We don't know if it's Tesla. Maybe it's a combination of both. But there is a problem here, and the authorities are supposed to. This is their only function, to make sure that managements do not lie to the investment public. And this is completely unacceptable. So I think that is the biggest problem here. Ultimately, yes, of course, the rental fleets are going to be buying more and more electric cars over time. Duh. I mean, that's a certain as rainwater coming downhill. That is absolutely true. But that is not exactly the the. the, the debate at hand here, I don't think. I mean, it also shows a recovery, in a sense, too, for Tesla, for uh, Hertz, who who had a really hard time, and they had to recover, right? They had a really... Yeah, I mean, all the auto companies suffered through this enormous drawdown. I remember we talked about this in some great detail, starting in March of 2020, Nick, when they suddenly had to sell off a huge portion of their fleet, and then as travel miraculously, or maybe not so miraculously, came back in just a few months, let alone more than a year, suddenly they now stood at a shortage of vehicles, and now they're going to have to buy more and more. And of course, there's a shortage of vehicles, so where do they buy them from? So we have a huge industry problem on our hands here, but it does speak to the fact that the world has come back, tourism is flying high, uh, you know, literally and figuratively, and uh, this has certainly uh, meant that the um, um, the rental car companies have uh, plenty of product that they have to buy, electric or not, for that matter. Yeah, there's also another implication here, which is is very, very important. And I don't know if there's an implication about this here. So 
perhaps let's just say somebody like, and I'm just going to use an example, somebody like Ford who still has federal credits. If Hertz buy all these vehicles for a, from a company that still has federal credits, does that wipe out all of their federal tax credits? You know, um, you would – well, the, the problem here is that the, the, the tax credits uh, – you mean the $7,500 yeah. per person. Or whatever. Those are for, indi- those are for individuals more right. than anything else, right? right. So uh, I think the bigger issue at hand here is that in the new uh, tax bill that is in front of Congress, part of which just passed last night, so we'll see what part of it becomes part of the, the final set of bills that are in front of the legislative bodies in Washington, D.C. or not. But the, one of them is that uh, institutional buyers, meaning entity fleet buyers, like uh, just like rental car fleets like Hertz, they're going to get a 30% tax credit for buying EV. So right. if you're buying a $40,000 base Model 3 from Tesla, that is going to enable uh, Hertz to get a $12,000 tax credit from that bill alone. So that lowers the de facto purchase price of a Model 3 for Hertz from $40,000 to $28,000. And that's, a one, that's one huge incentive for them to go and buy battery electric vehicles. Now, and now, as yeah. a result, you know, Tesla won't be the, the last company to benefit from that. I think all the automakers, will to benefit. the extent that they can deliver, will, will get some part of that over in due course. Now, this is complicated, but try and follow me. So there's two things. First of all, if the order is placed before that tax, that bill is approved, does that negate that tax credit? Maybe, maybe not. We probably don't know because I probably have to read the fine print of that bill. And somebody might argue, well, the order was placed before the bill was signed into law, so therefore it doesn't count. So that could have been a reason that Tesla denied it. And the second thing is, when those vehicles are sold off from Hertz's fleet to individuals, do those vehicles then count because they're going from government, uh, going from company stock to private? Do they then qualify to go to get another tax credit? for the individuals getting them for the first time. So that's also another so, question. Yeah. So, Nick, two, two, two answers there. First of all, what is very clear is that the timing of the order does not matter. What All that's going to matter is the timing of the delivery when okay. the vehicle is so-called put into service. Okay. And clearly, the vast majority of these 100,000 vehicles have not been put into service yet and won't be for many, many months to come. Right. And that will then depend on the language in the legislative text that says that if you did it before such and such date, you're good. So clearly, the vast majority, if not all of these 100,000, will most certainly qualify. And number two, in terms of when the rental car company disposes of these vehicles after a year or two or three, uh, the, the, one of the proposals in the legislative text is that used uh, electric vehicles are going to be uh, subject to a $4,000 tax credit for an individual who buys them. So in theory, uh, Hertz would buy these vehicles for $28,000, use them for X amount of time, and when the an individual eventually purchases them, they will be able to get a $4,000 tax credit in turn on top of everything else. So you can wow. imagine that the prices wow. could potentially be very, very low. Maybe, that is the proposal. Yeah. Maybe fifteen thousand dollars for a Tesla. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the thing. I mean, this is a whole, this is a racket like you wouldn't believe it. I mean, yeah. this is like every everybody every taxpayer is going to now subsidize electric vehicles to the point where I mean, it's going to be very hard to say no to buy an electric vehicle soon because it comes with a 
such a giant check upon check upon check from the taxpayer. And of course, it all gets printed by our glorious Federal Reserve. So there's no inflation going on here. Absolutely none. I can't even think about how crazy this is. I'm crazy. We're no, basically... I mean, they're, they're, money is free. It grows yeah. on trees. Yeah. And if we just print enough money, Holy you know, history cow. has clearly proven right. that if you print right. money, right. there will, there's no inflation. Right. There's nothing to worry about. <laughs> Anton Woolman, read him at the street and seeking Apple. This is our auto expert. You're listening to our auto expert. Over 15,000 people have downloaded our Auto Expert podcast and many more stream it. Join the happy listeners via iHeartRadio, Pandora app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and OurAutoExpert.com. Hours of handless fun await you. I'm Nick Miles. Our Auto Expert radio show is listened to by 2 million people. Uh, they get their automotive news daily from Our Auto Expert, Automatic Andy, Truck Girl Jen in the pits, and on the phone, Our Auto Expert's other half, Mike. Cadell from Nashville, and Mike, you have been partaking of many special drives this week. What have you been driving? Well, guys, good morning. Thanks for having me on. Always feels good to be talking to my favorite automotive crew. Hi, Mike. Kick off my Saturday. Hey, hey. Um, it's been a great week. You know what? I've been really moving into fall here, test driving a lot of different vehicles. Uh, obviously, uh, also boats coming off the Fort Lauderdale International Boat Show down in uh, in Fort Lauderdale, of course. Biggest boat show in the world on water. Nick, you had a chance to join me down there. 250-foot uh, super yacht uh, owned by the Houston Rockets owner. A lot of cool stuff. Volvo Penta debuting a whole bunch of new motor information. But, of course, it's all about cars. Uh, you know, this week I've had a chance to take the uh, 2022 Mercedes-Benz E450. That's Kind of one of their flagships. It's not the full size, but right under it. Beautiful sedan, $65,000, 23 miles per gallon. Just a lot of fun to drive. You know, there's something about a Mercedes, guys, that it just really, really excites me, um, especially in the, the sedan category. So if you're looking for that kind of opulence, if you will, Nick, I know that's one of your favorite words. Mm. Great vehicle. Um, but I got to tell you, you know, I just – I've spent a lot of time in both trucks and SUVs, and that is, it's truly the way of the world, it seems. It seems like everybody wants to talk about not only SUVs, but they want to talk about hybrid versions as well. Uh, I spent some time in the 2022 Kia Sorento hybrid. Kia is just, you know, they've got the Telluride. It's amazing. They're sold out, you know, nearly six months wait time. The Sorento comes in right under it. It's beautiful. It's a hybrid. You know, it starts just north of $30,000. It gets almost 40 miles per gallon, uh, you know, on the city streets. And that's that's incredible. I think, you know, they're doing some great things. And then if you want to look on the domestic side, you know, Buick is one of those brands that nobody really ever talks about. And, you know, I think they have such a, a long, great history. Uh, my, my grandfather had a Buick Regal. It was amazing. We used to drive that thing. Big old suspension component. Thing was like a it was like a super yacht. It was just amazing. But um, Buick Envision, right? We we think about Buick. There's uh, the Buick Envision. It's a thirty thousand dollar, and I'm going to call it mid grade level luxury. You yep. know, twenty four miles per gallon, two hundred twenty eight horsepower, premium premium vehicle, and it's it's a lot of fun to drive. And then I'll I'll toss it back to you guys. But but I want to get to two more uh, in the truck category. Uh, I have been in the Nissan Frontier this week, and holy heck, the Nissan. Uh, Frontier, all new, all redesigned for 2022. It's a beautiful truck. 
Uh, it actually, in the mid-sized truck category, um, fewer repairs in the first year of ownership than any other category. And what's great is it comes in, get this, guys, 19 different trim levels. Yeah. 19. 19, like so one you nine. Can, yeah. Like one. one nine. It's like, holy heck, that could be a, that's like more vehicles in one trim level than all of Mitsubishi's vehicles combined, right? It's <laughs> like, it, it's, it's pretty cool, though. I mean, you have 19 different opportunities with that vehicle. It starts just under $30,000, and you can top it off just under $50,000. So if you want to go fully loaded, you have it. And then uh, the Chariot I'm driving today is the, the new F-150 uh, hybrid. Um, not, 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 yeah, yeah, with the power boost and, uh, the, the, all of the fun stuff that you can use to power your home. So it's got all that great technology in the truck bed where you can plug in, uh, one, one 220 outlet. Uh, it's really cool. It's got a lot of functionality. It's got the drop down steps, a big massive monitor on the inside, all of the cool technology, right? Adaptive cruise control, lane departure, warning, front and rear crash avoidance. I mean, it's just, it, it is, it is a super yacht. If um, you should get a tornado in uh, Tennessee, then your power goes out. There you go. It's right sitting in your driveway, the power boost, plug in the home. Yeah, how cool would that That's be? That's right. You're just sitting back watching playing Xbox and from your car because you can. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. The only, the only problem with that is if that tornado is rolling by, you usually get that inclement weather, I might want to be in the basement. But you can power your house once that thing moves through. You know, if you think about it like this, right, the real practical application is going to be the construction worker, somebody that's wanting to power some stuff out of the back of their truck, power yeah. tools. And the home builder, the do-it-yourselfer, I mean, back down your driveway, you can, instead of plugging into your garage, you just plug into the back of your truck, and it's pretty yes. sweet. I mean, it's neat. So you can power your house and rebuild your house. You can rebuild the, your house after the tornado. Oh, oh man, that you know that's good to know. I would just, I was about ready just to use it to have my own little private concert after a hurricane. <laughs> that's what it is. See, yeah. I like where you're at. Your head's in the right spot. <laughs> uh, or you know, have a barbecue or a tailgate party afterwards. And invite the neighbors around to rebuild your house, Even whichever you better. want. Yeah, yeah. President Even Carter. Better. Hey, you guys want you guys want the good news? Yeah, tell me. I, we received, I had to turn it into a we, not an I. We received our 2021 Ford Bronco first edition yeah. a week ago on Saturday, Area 51. And I will tell you, I am in love with that vehicle. It is everything and more than I wanted it to be. And the worst part about it is it's not my daily driver. It is my wife's daily driver. So mama, mama gets a new car. Did you say that's the worst part or the best part about it? It's the best part. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's you, what I heard. <laughs> you, you guys know the inside track. I, I, I have a, a beautiful Ford Raptor that I absolutely love, and I would prefer to drive that over anything. I, it's the only time in my life I have heard Mike scream like a girl. When we yes. were we were driving, I was driving. He had to he in Fort Lauderdale. He had to run and return the car, the parking pass down to the boat show and i was driving the car and he jumped in and he's reading his messages in the passenger seat and he got a he got a, a picture from the dealer the ford dealer of his vehicle being backed off of the truck and what came out of his mouth was what i expected from his daughter it was like a, that, that's <laughs> awesome pure joy it, it was it was it was actually out of Despicable Me. You guys know Despicable Me. When it, Vector, he goes, Vector, 
oh yeah <laughs> i was like yeah he was, cool. was yes he was excited and then of course he the funny thing was too that ford had just dropped off a test vehicle at his house which was another ford bronco jeez so he had two you're car rich so, yeah he was uh, it, it begins with a w but that's what he was <laughs> and right. uh i he, was like wow yeah he had two broncos at his house for the week when you gave the other one back was it painful it was actually painful because so a, a little interesting fact about the first edition, right? So the first edition is the top of the line. It's got everything in it. It's fully loaded. But what you don't get in the first edition is sport mode. Oh. And I was, I'm not going to lie. I, I might've dropped a note into the head of comms at Ford. I'm a little let down. It's a fully loaded one that I got. It doesn't have sport, a sport mode. The ones that I did have was a Badlands and it had sport mode. And I will tell you, holy smoke. It was fun. I left it in sport mode the whole time. That 2.7 liter motor, guys, I'm telling you, is an amazing motor for that vehicle. You Don't know, need any more power. You know how to solve it, Mike? This is how you solve it. Don't say it. Get another Don't one. Say it. Get another one. Don't Get say another it. one. All right, Mike Cadell, he's in Nashville. He's the other half of Our Auto Expert. Listen to the show. Watch his videos. Watch our videos. OurAutoExpert.com. We'll be back again next week. We love you much. Keep watching. We'll see you next You've been listening to Our Auto Expert with Nick Mile. Find all the show episodes at ourautoexpert.com. Please follow us on all social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Our Auto Expert. And message us for a quick and witty response.